This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Time for a pop quiz. We have lovely mini Jersey cattle. We have Let's see, Honeybee closest to me behind her grasshopper, and then Luna all over at the water trough getting a nice drink this morning. I got a question for you. How many gallons of milk do you think we get from our mini jerseys? They're a mini cow. Does that mean you could expect a mini amount of milk in comparison? We're gonna talk about how much milk we get from our mini jerseys. We're gonna talk about how much milk you could get from different kinds of cows. We're gonna talk about milking. We're also gonna talk about breeding cows. We're gonna talk about calving, the rule of 20 minutes. What is the rule of 20 minutes? You're gonna learn so much in what is our second part of our entire 101 on keeping a family cow for milk. And if you missed last week's show, if you're watching on YouTube or listening in the podcast, in the description, there's a link to the previous episode where we talked about breeds, we talked about purchasing your family cow, we covered a whole lot over in the first um, episode, so don't miss that. Today, we're really excited to get into part two. While you're waiting for the show to start, I have to ask you a couple favors. First off, we're having a race right now with our Instagram account. Instagram account is at 8,000 followers and we're trying to make it to 10. Meanwhile, here on YouTube, we have almost 200,000 subscribers. We're 5,000 away. So we're trying to see who can win this contest. Will it be our YouTube audience to 200,000 or will it be Instagram to 10? So if you're one of our YouTube audience members, you can help our channel grow by clicking the button below. It's a little arrow for share. 
Take a moment right now while you're watching this. You have plenty of time while I'm telling you how to do this to do this before the show begins. Click the button, that'll have a link, you copy that, and then head over to your favorite social media, whether it's Twitter, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, MeWe, Float, whatever you use, whatever you like to use, go ahead and paste it and let people know what to expect from this show. Say, hey, this is a show I like to watch every week. It's a live show all about farming. You can join in, you can add tips, tricks of your own in the comments section. You can ask questions and have the hosts actually answer your questions. Today's about keeping a family milk cow. It's really gonna be a great show. Check it out. And hopefully it is gonna be a great show and we don't sell your, your audience short by bringing them over. We would really appreciate that. I don't know what the prize is gonna be yet for this competition. I think we'll do some sort of like live stream just for that audience, whether it's a YouTube or an Instagram one and maybe do a special giveaway or something. Maybe we'll give away our new Homesteady cow t-shirt, which we're gonna show you later in today's show. Anyway, we would really appreciate that. And then while you're at it, if you could hit that thumbs up, that would be really, really great. Thank you so much for your support. We have an awesome show in store. So much information about keeping a family milk cow. Let's dive right in. Keeping a family milk cow, part two, breeding, calving, and everybody's favorite part, milking. If I learned anything from last week, it was that we never shut up about cows. <laughs> <laughs> there is so much more to talk about. We're gonna literally actually right now dive right into talking about cows. No jokes. Shocker. No, no goofy intros. We're ready to say hi everyone, good afternoon. Thank you for joining us live. We got an already awesome group in the, the uh, live chat. Don't forget that thumbs up button. And ask your questions. If we don't get around to them, someone in the chat box probably will. Yeah. So now, cows. There is so much more to talk about. After part one last week, which we covered health, we covered Getting selecting. a cow. How to buy your first cow. Yeah, if you missed that, there's a link in the description below. Today, we're talking breeding. Breeding, calving, milking. Calving that's and that's why you got a cow. Yeah. All, all to our favorite part, the milking. And I was trying to talk Kay into doing it a three-part and just having a milking podcast. But she's like, no, we, we can yes, do this. We really could just do a segment completely about milking, equipment, how to do it, how to get better at it, what to do with the milk. But we'll try to fit it all in today. So, breeding cows. This is something we have been dealing with here at our homestead for... Well, since we got cows, because... If you want milk, your cow has to have a calf. Now, our suggestion is to buy a cow that's already been bred so you don't have to deal with the breeding issue right away. Maybe you did, and your cow had their calf, and now you're thinking, okay, I gotta rebreed. Or maybe you just found this cute little heifer calf, and you snatched her up, and now you gotta figure out how to breed you're her. You're a sucker for a calf. Always. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't we always? <laughs> so when is the right age? You got that little heifer calf can't get a bread right away. What do you wait till? Most people will breed uh, so they're calving at two years old. The, the cow's plenty, plenty big enough. As long as she's in good condition, she's not stunted in any way. Even our mini jerseys we bred so they would calve at two years old and they do great. Two years old. We talked about breed selection last week, but when it comes to actually, you've already chose your heifer, you have the breed of your milk cow, do you always have to breed her to the same breed? 
I'm like setting you up. I know. <laughs> I feel so like I'm me, being Kendra. interviewed. <laughs> <laughs> These cows you speak of. <laughs> <laughs> the beauty of it is you can choose another breed. You are not, not tied down if to... If your husband lets you. <laughs> I never let you choose an... I shouldn't say that. We tried with the... Uh, we, with the Highland. We tried with the Highland. Just one thing to be concerned about is a low birth weight calf. If you have a jersey, you don't want to breed to a huge, big-shouldered uh, beef cow that's going to... She won't be able... Now, jerseys are known for their ability to birth bigger calves, but still, you don't really want to push that. Yeah. So be careful who you're breeding to. Take your AI guy's advice. He'll look at your cow. He should know what semen he has in the tank and what they're, um, what kind of calves they've been having from it. And if you want to try, uh, we have in the past entertained the idea, you more than me, of actually doing crosses. What, what's the reason for, uh, you know, you got this purebred jersey. Why would you ever want to <laughs> dilute that? <laughs> I don't know. Why would you do that? Hybrid vigor. And if you are looking for different traits, maybe you want a beefier calf because you want to butcher it then breed to a low birth weight angus and get a nice growing calf and still have your jersey for the milk yeah so so that. convincing people <laughs> I've been, a fuzzy little jersey wouldn't that be cute she does want to make the fuzzy jersey the uh, scottish highland jersey cross and i do think that would be super cute super cute my concern your hesitation. i guess my hesitation we have these purebred mini jerseys and there is a lot of value in the purebred mini jersey. And me, I have a hard time. There's there's value in a purebred cow. If you have a Guernsey, Brown Swiss, Jersey, Holstein, there's value there. And we're talking there's monetary value. People are looking Unless for a purebred. Unless it's a, a little uh, bull calf and then we're talking. Just uh, resign yourself to maybe put some beef in your freezer. That's true. That's true. And there's always the risk of that. There is, yeah. Uh, there's also value in in with the purebred, you know, keeping the line true. You know, there's speaking of bull calves, knowing what to expect, right? <laughs> there he is. There's you have a mini Jersey bull and a mini Jersey calf, and you have a better idea of what you're going to get. Now, if you're specifically talking about mini Jersey, we're talking about a recently developed breed that you still there's not much predictability about what you're getting. So, so, why not throw a little fuzzy in there? So, why not? So, yeah, it's a choice you get to make. And you get to make it every year, which is kind of exciting. Yeah, yeah. So, we did try. We tried for the Highland Cross. And we may try again, depending if Luna takes to this next <laughs> AI or not. I mean, I mean we'll try we'll again. We'll see. <laughs> We've actually, we're a little, little uh, foreboding for the future. We've, the discussion has opened up about more cows. Foreboding is like... Bad? Bad. Well, yeah. With Maybe foreshadowing. <laughs> foreshadowing. Okay. Because it could Less go good. Less foreboding. It could, be, it could be a positive It could thing. be good. We have, the discussion has arisen of future cows and maybe different breeds. So we'll just leave it at that and we'll... We'll keep moving on. Cross here. off my bucket list. Wait of for cow our breeds. January announcement video of what we're doing in 2022. It'll be uh, I don't know. We're having a baby in the winter, so yeah, maybe true. a little delayed this maybe year. Maybe 2023. <laughs> so we've got what age to breed, what you're going to breed them to. Next. Good time of year. This is. Um, yeah. 
you got to think this is one of those things, double-edged sword. You got to think when is a good time to breed and when is a good time to calve? And can you find that sweet spot? And then can you actually get your cow to take during for that, that time? Spot? Like, do you want to be calving in your area? Is winter really bad? Do you want to be calving in December, January, February? We don't. We don't want to be milking at that time. And why? Oh, it's cold. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, it's cold. We don't want to go inside in the cold. But the calf health. Right. I mean, you don't want, ideally, you don't want your calf born on a really cold day. It, things or, can work out okay, but. on the other hand, you don't want a really hot season. If you don't want to mess with flies, um, fly strike on your calves, or you don't want to be milking out when it's 100 degrees in the morning, don't, don't breed your cow to calve in the summertime. I was going to say, it's a lot like humans. You don't want to have your, your pregnancy in the middle of summer. You don't want to have a baby. Or in the middle of winter. And that is, ironically, the only two times we've, we've ever had, kids. had children. <laughs> winter. Winter, summer. Hot, hot, hot. Cold, 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 snowy. Maybe you're so. never happy. Oh, man. No, there's a sweet spot. <laughs> there's a sweet Spring, spot. We fall. just never we just hit it. We just completely ignore it. So it is difficult if we're going for a spring calving because breeding in the summer is challenging. Yeah. It's harder for cows to take when it's really hot weather. So that's a challenge we're facing right now. And thankfully it's cooled down a little bit at yeah. night. We're hoping when we rebreed Luna next week, the cooler nights, uh, maybe this, uh, this one will stick. Yeah, because we're getting pretty close to... Luna breeding time number four or five? Yeah, she lost, trying, a, yeah, lost so. a calf. and Yeah. Keep trying. Which brings us to how we've been trying to get Luna bred. Traditionally, most of our, our breedings here on this homestead have been all AI. For the cows. Yeah. Now, we did, as a lot of you saw over the last year or two, go the route of getting a bull here on the homestead. Uh, we've now tried bulls. We've tried AI. We're going to take a quick, a quick little visit back to see a little bit of both and our thoughts on both. You get to see some of the bulls, some of the AI, AI versus bull. There's pros and cons to both. All the years we've had a family cow, we have relied on AI, artificial insemination. Today, despite the fact that we actually just recently purchased a bull, we are preparing Luna for AI. Because I'm sure you saw the size of our bull, <laughs> calf, and he's not going to be breeding anybody in the next month or two. AI is nice because you literally can breed your cow to any bull. You can have the finest genetics you can possibly afford. The actual process is probably not too expensive. Most AI guys don't charge too much because they go to large herds where they do like a hundred cows or a thousand cows. So, Although they might have a minimum payment that you need to pay them to get them on the farm, we wind up paying just something around 25 bucks for a cow to get AI'd. Yeah, not including the semen. But semen doesn't have to be expensive either. If you have an AI guy, he'll have semen in stock, something for you to choose from, low birth weight calves, whatever you're looking for. It will be cheaper to AI than it will be to own a bull for a year and to feed a bull. Especially if you're only AIing one cow or only having a bull service one cow. Uh, those numbers will change as your herd grows. Yeah, and it does depend then on how often you're feeding hay, supplementing your cows, your bull, are you feeding hay all year round? 
maybe you'll never make up for the bull and what you could save with AI. Now right now it's sounding like AI is pretty sweet. You get these great benefits, you don't have to worry about having a bull which can be a dangerous animal, hard to work, you'll need a separate paddock for, you'll want some experience with large livestock. AI sounds like a perfect solution, but we all know there's nothing perfect in homesteading, especially today when it's like a thousand degrees. A AI will not have the high success rate that having a bull will. A bull is injecting, ejaculating. That's the right word. Much more semen into your cow several times than just one single AI straw. So his chances are better. He knows the perfect time to breed your cow. That's one of the big issues with AI is timing. And especially if you're using an AI technician who cannot be, you say, hey, my cow's ready. Can you be here in a half hour? Probably not, which is why the percentage rate with AI is lower than if a bull is breeding. Also, if you want to up the chances of your AI working, you can use hormones, which we are doing today. We're giving shots of certain hormones. There's different protocols you can follow. Sometimes it's two shots or three. Sometimes it's three shots. Sometimes it's five shots. All this, kinds of different protocols. This is called syncing your cow. So you're getting her in sync ready for when the AI person can be here, because it's not always a guy, <laughs> for when your AI technician can be at your farm to breed, your cow you know will be ready. This does increase your chances of AIing at, AIing at the right time, but it's still not 100% guaranteed. And of course it means you get to give your cows shots, which if any of you have watched our channel for the last year or more, you know I'm not a huge fan of giving our cows shots. Usually Kay's the one doing most of the medical stuff in the family, but there are certain risks associated to the hormones that you use to sink a cow and someone who is of age to be pregnant and might be pregnant and in our case is pregnant. So I have to give the shots. There's no way Kay can give these shots. And uh, well, I just got to man up and give the cow a shot. So that's what I got to do right now. Now, it is not hard to give your cow a shot. This is a great thing to know and to learn as a family cow owner. Really, it's not hard. No, I'm just a baby They're about it. Uh, They're easier than giving a goat a shot to, I feel like. The area that you're <laughs> aiming for is much bigger. Bigger target. If you have a stanchion to put your cow in, got some feet in front of them, it is so fast. Certainly the process easier of giving than a giving shot. a piglet a shot. <laughs> Oops. Um, Piglets were harder than a cow. The pros of the bull, again, are simplicity. Uh, higher success. And specifically simplicity with breeding because that's once once a year you'll use him for breeding. When your cow's in milk and your bull thinks, hey, that cow needs to be bred right now, pulling your cow away from your bull to breed if they're in the same paddock, it does complicate things after the breeding happens. And anytime you need to have more paddocks, separate animals, things get more complicated. As we said, there's no perfect solution. It uh, really is. No, and, and one thing that we did utilize last year was leasing a bull to breed our cows. Right. It was successful, successful for one out of the three because of a mineral issue we had, but we know all three got bred successfully. Only one held on to that pregnancy. What will you do in your homestead? What's the right choice for you? This will be, I feel like, <laughs> one of your biggest challenges with having a family milk cow is breeding. Yeah, absolutely. 
chickens. There's no right answer, and your you own might, homestead yeah. may change over You'll the years. You'll change for sure. You might, like we did. We started with purely AI. Now we have a bull calf for cleanup, who, who will be a bull eventually for cleanup. And uh, until then, we're going to keep doing AI, maybe leasing or borrowing bulls. And uh, just ultimately with the goal of just getting all our girls bred, because that's what you want, is to have bred cows, calves, wash, rinse, repeat. <laughs>
a month later, she tested positive, she's bred, maybe you see some bleeding, which is what happened to us with Luna this year. She tested, yes, she was pregnant. A few weeks later, we saw some blood on her tail, thought, well, that's not good. Uh, we did a redraw and found out she had uh, absorbed that pregnancy. So testing is affordable and well worth the time to do. Yeah. Another th thing you get to learn to do is draw blood from your cow from the tail. Ooh. Now you can do, if your cow happens to be in milk and you're redoing this, there is a milk test, which is awesome because you super don't have easy. to draw blood. They'll send you the tube with the preservative tablets. You just milk it into there, shake it up, the milk kind of turns an orange color. Yeah. You ship that into the lab. If your cow's not in milk, which is what most people in this first go around. Yeah, first calf, half uh, Unfortunately, then you have not to draw blood, because it's, needles, more fun. <laughs> I feel like it's a little bit more technique doing a, a blood draw from the tail. Yeah. But it doesn't seem to bother the cows as much as a shot. Interesting. What do you think? Yeah, I think you're right. Um, except for you got to hold that tail up. Hmm. I don't know. Interesting. Neither one is impossible for you, the cow owner, to do. You we have lots of videos on the channel. You don't have to have your vet this. come out. If you want to, have them come out the first time to teach you how to do it. Yeah. If you do have your vet come out every time you need to check your cow, it will start getting expensive. So try to, try to learn to do this stuff on your own. Even in inserting your cedars, doing your shots, whatever you need to do. If your test is negative, you just get back, start again. It's okay. Yeah. It, it doesn't work the it first happens. time or the second time. Keep trying. Uh, it, if it, you're starting to get concerned, you could have your vet out and it, they could run some tests for you at a lab. And we've already done a video on this, but it's a great point. We were wondering why is Luna not being rebred? Why, uh, why did her and Honeybee both lose pregnancy? We've never had that happen yeah. before. And, and you know, people are following along. We get comments on the channel. Oh, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. One of the things Luna gets all the time She's huge. Luna looks like a blimp. And uh, so a lot of get a lot of times get the comment, "Oh, she's too fat because she looks so round." We we'll, had a, we well, I always say body condition is very hard to tell on a video. It's much easier to tell the body condition of a cow if you're there, if you can touch them and feel and see. She has good capacity, Luna. Mm -hmm. So So do she, I. <laughs> I got good capacity. It's a compliment. So she, she's uh, she's very round, even though she's not pregnant. But that's from digesting all that food in there. The the vet came and looked at Luna and said, "Well, she's in good condition. You're doing great with her. She looks great. So she's not too thin. She's not too fat. So there's got to be something else going on. Whether it's maybe this is true for your cow. Is there something else going on that has taken so long to get pregnant? Is it a mineral or a vitamin imbalance?" Super easy to fix, just they may lose calves because of this. Something good to get checked out. Yeah, and that's, we found, we ran the panel, and sure we, enough. We ran the disease panel and the vitamin and mineral panel, and it was uh, selenium deficiency. Yep, so. So we got that fixed up. shot, another shot, so <laughs> many shots. You can see why people like the bull, because it's a little bit less shots and blood draws, and uh, but, you know, there's pros and cons to both, as we saw in our video. Yes. Um, so, yeah, we got, the, got her checked. She was low on selenium, got her the supplements, and now we are attempting some new breeding. So, hopefully. we uh, That means for us this year, we had a cow, a heifer, get bred by a bull. 
and we had one so far get done with the AI. Oh good, Karen's here today. Karen can answer so, all your questions yeah. if we can't get to them. Yep, and we saw Karen last week. And special thank you, Ben Newman, with the super chat. Ben says, congrats on the baby. Would be awesome to milk a Highland cow. Uh, he talked about the Swedish guy who does it and loves it on uh, the Swedish Homestead channel. So. I know Ben, right? Well, we're talking about it. I hinted at it. I, I, <laughs> I really like those it. Highland cattle. I think they're super cool. They thumbnail really well. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he got me, too. I thumbnail She thumbnails really well. Really well. <laughs> <laughs> You're on the thumbnail of today's video. Yep. Yep. Anyway. I didn't see that one. I it's have to start approving than, yeah, them. because We were laughing in some yesterday's are not video. Great. And laughing's not a... <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the super chat, Ben. So hopefully at this point you've got a bred cow, whichever way you had to do it. If you had to take her to the neighbor's bull, got to get it done sometimes. Keep up the nutrition. Yes. Keep up the condition. Don't don't let her get too fat. Um, make sure you're feeding her enough. She's she's uh, growing a new baby. And it's a nine-month gestation, so just get ready for this nine-month Adventure, journey. yes. you got some time now to prepare for calving. And how do you do that? You know, you hear a lot about like, are you, we get asked this a lot. Are you training your, especially the heifers, are you training them during this time period to milk, right? They've never been milked before. Milking is going to be a big thing. Are you training them? Mm. We get asked that. <laughs> are you? Mm, I'm not. He's <laughs> teaching her this year. Oh, no. So are you <laughs> training her? Um, what we will start to do, especially grasshopper, we should Pretty much, I mean, this morning we should go out there and start this. Um, walking her, you know, getting her used to coming into the barn, right? Because every day we're going to have the cow and the calf. They're going to be separate in different paddocks. Going to have to get grasshopper into the barn, then the calf in the barn to start the letdown, then get the calf out of there. Grasshopper's got to stay in the stanchion for the entire process. She's a wild thing. So we really should actually. She, in her defense, she does lead better than Honeybee because because she's been because forced to. yeah she's had to because we were milking Luna so we used Grasshopper to help with the letdown so every day I'd put that halter on her and drag her through the barn yeah and Honeybee just bulldozes so you yeah. put a halter on her and she just runs it is over. true she will she'll be better to lead and she's getting better with me because I've been rotationally grazing them they like us last now. week or two I was inspired with by my interview with Eli over at Mac Farms to get back into their daily moves and now when they see me they're excited because they know fresh grass so. With, what we'll do with Grasshopper is as probably a week out from her due date, depending on what signs she's having, we'll bring her into a lower paddock and every day feed her a little bit of grain, a little bit of alfalfa pellets in the stanchion. So she just gets used to that. Now we're not going to mess, you know, while she's in the stanchion, we're not going to be fake milking her. You don't want to release that milk plug. Yeah, and... to allow... Um, bacteria to get in so yeah. never milk so just let her in the stanchion make it a happy place give brush. her some brush we can brush her brush her work with just messing with her legs yeah. and get her used to it so yeah. it's, it's a pleasant place so we will start that pretty soon with grasshopper uh basically i mean for eight months it's kind of that keeping up the nutrition well for eight months it's like keeping up the nutrition the final month we'll start to do some training getting her in but now we're we're entering the 30-day period and you know as we get weeks closer we're going to start to look for signs of labor. Mm. Labor. Ooh, labor. <laughs> <laughs> labor. <laughs> signs of labor. And uh, 
you know, so what are we looking for? Uh, what are we looking for to tell us we're getting closer? Uh, her udder will be increasing by a lot. Yeah, we have the video for this. We'll okay. play the video. So, <laughs> so let's look at, we're going to look back in time. Uh, we're going to watch as we watch Ladybug get ready to have Honeybee kind of piece by piece. So let's see what we're looking for. She's getting closer to calving, and there's a few ways that I can tell this. She's starting to develop an udder. Doesn't mean she's going to calve today. You can see her udder's getting bigger. Her teats are still wrinkly though, so I know she's not going to calve imminently. Once her teats are really smooth, kind of sticking out, strutting, they'll even be dripping with milk, then I know she's really getting close to calving. When she stands up, she'll do a little stretch. She's got some mucus coming out. Her pins are loosening. And you can see her vulva is getting really, you can see it loose, kind of floppy. We'll do a side-by-side -side, her and Luna. Luna's is still tight, it's not floppy at all. These are all signs that her body's getting ready to calve. My guess is within the next week we'll have a baby. Still calving, I'm sure of it. Didn't I say that a week ago? Did you? Yeah. Don't don't go to me for betting advice. <laughs> but I bet it's gonna be this week. <laughs> so this morning I walked up early and she's got a little bloody mucus, which is a sign that calving is probably gonna happen within the next 24 to 48 hours. I'm gonna preface everything I say by saying probably. Look at you. And most likely. I'm a weatherman. Let's go see you. We have a 90% chance of calving this week. It is not going to happen today. I know this because her teeth still haven't filled up. You're looking for everything to be full. Like so full that you think it's going to pop. The teeth will be real tight. They're not going to have any wrinkles on them. It's, they're gonna strut, so they're gonna. Her udder's gonna be so full, everything's just gonna pop and kind of stick out. She still, believe it or not, got room to fill up more. When all those wrinkles are gone, and she's it last last time she calved, she was dripping colostrum. Then we'll know that all right, calving's imminent. But it's not gonna happen today. Much to our disappointment, because Asa's not gonna be here tomorrow, which is her due date. Asa's got a job off-site tomorrow. He'll be gone all day, and tomorrow is her actual due date. Like Cody said in the live stream this week, cows, cows can go two weeks either side of their due date, kind of like people. Renny, Renny. All that good grass she's been on. So she's not, not late. They'll be on time if it's two weeks from now. People always say they come when you don't want them to though, so with Austin being away tomorrow, watch it happens then. Well, 
tonight, but my guess is tomorrow. I am off. I gotta go do this video shoot, and I'm taking this camera, and uh, oh, I hope Ladybug doesn't have that calf today. Let's go take a quick peek and see what she looks like. calf was up walking around oh, we said it the the night before right it's probably yep. gonna happen tomorrow yep you were watching and, and I like this little journey we get to watch here because you see how far out you're starting to see mm -hmm. stuff but it still could be yes. a long time yeah, that first shot I'm watching and the otters floppy still yeah there's it's not when when they're ready it's tight everything's tight in that otter the teats are strutting they're sticking out maybe dripping milk everything's really tight and like Ready to pop. And like a week out, you're saying it's getting close. And then a day out, you're like, no, it's getting close. And then the night before, you're like, oh, man, Austin's leaving, but it's going to happen. Yeah. And of course. Of I course it gone. did. <laughs> yeah. I, and your cow may actually look less pregnant in those few weeks because the calf gets into the calving position. So her she won't be so round should be more slab-sided, but it's because that calf's getting ready, so she's just getting closer. And you could see, and if you're watching, if you're listening to the podcast version of this, you really want to tune in and watch at least that little clip there because you get so much from the visual. Watching Ladybug lick her sides, that's a thing, right? She's like licking at her sides. Yeah. She's uncomfortable. Um, yeah, really, really, you could tell we were getting closer. And while we're getting closer, we're prepping. And we're getting everything ready. So we're getting our labor kit together. What's in the labor kit? Uh, one, we never had to use for Ladybug, but for Luna we did. Uh, OB gloves and lube. Yep. Uh, another thing we didn't have to use for Ladybug, pretty much because Ladybug just births them with no help. Uh, but with Luna we needed it. We needed something to pull. And we did a fantastic interview with the... Uh, Calvet. Calvet. Cody Creelman. Cody Creelman. Uh, Cody in the interview, and you can find the whole interview in the Pioneer Library. We're actually going to see a snippet of it in a second. He talked about, you know, OB chains are great, but if you don't do this a lot and you don't have like a, you know, $100 set of OB chains, he said, just get a sterile, clean pair of straps. So I literally went to Tractor Supply. You got ratchet straps. I bought it, not ratchet straps. No. I thought that'd be too. <laughs> that would hurt. 
I got the cinch straps. Oh, that's, they're different. That's right. That you can just throw it around, quick cinch, and pull. And I had two in the Because those little calves are very slippery. Super slippery. Like, whoop. And I had my cinch straps. So we had OB gloves, lube, cinch straps. Uh, what medication-wise? Um, uh, be prepared for milk fever, ketosis. So talk to your vet. Figure out what they recommend and what steps you should take if that does happen. What what they would like you to do. You keep a thing of molasses and the warm molasses water. Molasses and warm water for after they calve. Yep, after the calving, and then of course having uh, you know your towels to clean yourself keep, off. Yep, keep your phone, your vet's number nearby. Someone to watch the kids. The vet, the vet's a big one because when Luna, when we had to pull, we called the vet, and I, we'd never had to pull before, and I was like, "Can you come out?" And our vet's great. He's he was a super chill, like, like guys. Uh, you know, if nothing happens in an hour, give me a call. But you try to get it out. Just grab a hold, grab something, pull it out. Come on, <laughs> man up, boss. Come on. <laughs> pull, pull down towards the cow's feet, not up. Pull down. Our vet has a really good handlebar mustache too. He's uh, maybe that's Pennsylvania inspiration. Uh, so we did. So yeah. Okay. Uh, but you know, when you're getting ready for this, you're going to see your cow enter, start to actually enter labor. That's different than this time period leading up. Cody Creelman, cow vet, is going to walk us through the three stages of labor, what to look for, what to be ready for. Then we go into our, our stages of labor, okay? So we have stage one, stage two, and stage three. So stage one is that nesting phase, that uh, the, the right before when that cow, I always I always make it analogous to, to I know right before my wife goes into labor, because <laughs> all, all, all of a sudden the house is perfectly clean and uh, there's 68 meals in the freezer. So, I, so there's this, you know, this maternal instinct that baby is coming and cows do the same thing. Uh, you'll you'll notice um, you know more movement around in in like straw type areas. You'll notice cows move out more into the periphery of things. You know they don't want to be right in the midst of all the action in a herd, but they don't want to be too far away either, uh, exposing themselves to predators. So you kind of notice them on the edges of things, on the periphery of things. Uh, they're still trying to be in the herd, but they need a little more space. Uh, spinning around, um, sometimes laying down, getting up, just odd, odd maternal behavior. Now, it, it's normal for this to last 24 to 48 hours. Uh, it'll last usually a little bit longer in, in first calf heifers. Uh, so it's just one of those things that you may note um, as this is coming up, this kind of this, this uncomfortableness before stage two starts. And stage two is defined by the, the forced abdominal contraction. So, you know, think of when, when we're counting our contractions, when that cow is, is doing forced ab abdominal pushes uh, to expel that calf, that is, a, that is a, the stage two. That's when we need to be very astute as ranchers, as homesteaders, because this is when we need to be getting out our watches and writing down a time when we are starting to notice that this cow is actively calving. Uh, one of the best signs that an old cowboy taught me of the very beginning of stage two of labor is when the cow is holding her tail just slightly kinked to the side. So I would imagine myself if I had a tail and I started having uterine contractions that I might hold it slightly kinked to the side as that kind of 
was starting up, right? So that's the, you know, that's one of the, the first things, but you're going to notice those abdominal contractions. You're going to notice that cow taking pause and, and starting to push, whether she's standing up and whether she's laying down, you're going to start to notice those abdominal contractions. And that's a great time for you to note when that starts. Uh, you're also perhaps going to notice uh, the passing of the cervical plug within that, you know, within that range. And now what we are going to want to see is, is, those first calf heifers, four hours is a pretty typical time. Those those cows take a little bit longer uh, once they start having contractions. So up to four hours, I wouldn't get too worried. If we're moving into hour five, hour six, where that cow has been having forced contractions, there's some there's something wrong. We need to intervene at some point. Uh, with with cows that have had a calf before, that's a little bit quicker. So usually 60 to 120 minutes. Uh, so one to two hours uh, from the time that we notice those forced abdominal contractions uh, it, to the time we have expulsion of the calf is is pretty uh, like a pretty good time scale. So give those heifers a little bit extra time, uh, but but always keep an eye on your watch. Time can pass really fast. An hour can go by like a flash when you're calving a cow. Right. So, so we did our time scale of, of how long the whole process should take, but right. there's a very important part of that is exactly what you said is progression. And that is the absolute key when we're calving out a cow is for us to keep an eye on progression. So we want to see something new happening every 20 minutes. Okay. So, you know, that, that cow is going to start uh, doing those forced abdominal uh, contractions within 20 minutes. And in, in the vast majority of cases, we want to see a water bag. And 20 minutes later, I don't want to still be staring at a water bag. I want to see that water bag has now broke or at least now feet are coming out. And 20 minutes later, uh, after seeing the feet come out, I want to see head. And 20 minutes after that, I want to see the whole calf. So 20 minutes is always the, the, the important thing. So if you're not sure, if you're not sure if it is time to intervene, then look at your watch, give yourself, give everybody 20 minutes. And if nothing has changed, it's not going to fix itself. It is the, the best rule of thumb. The rule of 20 minutes is, is probably the most important obstetrical rule. What happens, let's like spell it out here. When you let nature take its course and things aren't progressing, what happens? Yeah, if you want to hear that one and a half hour long interview with Cody, it was awesome. It was basically me listening like Cody I'm scared we have a birth coming what do we do and him like walking through every step of this process because the numbers help if you're like have I seen any change 20 minutes has yeah. there been any change instead yeah. of like I don't know when I should see change maybe you're too late yeah so if you want to see that whole that's in the pioneer library link below to become a pioneer um in-depth stuff like that is what the Pioneer Library is made of. And those interviews with Cody, we've highlighted Karen in the last week. Uh, I think there's an extended version of Morgan. Uh, there's all kinds of really good stuff in there. So if you want to see that whole thing, that's that Cody one right alone, right there. There's that moment, even with Ladybug's birth, that happened years ago, where I feel a sense of relief seeing those feet come first. Mm -hmm. With goats, cows, you're waiting for those for those yeah. feet to come first, and when they're there, you just, okay, yep. this will go well. Yep. If you don't, with Luna, we had the experience of, you know... A big we had, calf. We had just done this interview with Cody, 
getting ready for our first time freshening. First time fresheners are going to give you more trouble. Yes. Then, you know, Ladybug, we already knew she had a history. She had had a calf. Of good calves. Which is why we always say you should start with a first time, or start with a... Cow that's already had a calf. Yeah, not with a first time freshener. So Luna hadn't. We were prepared for some, for it to be a little harder. And add to that the mini Jersey genetics, which like we said is... It's a newly developed breed. We're not yep. breeding every cow's a small cow, every calf's a small calf. Grasshopper was and is bigger than her mother, so it was harder to pull her. Yeah, we we applied that rule of 20 with Luna, and sure enough, she went over. Yeah. And we were like, all right, you know what, we got to do something. So. And at the same time, I was texting actually a farmer we got our, our milker from, our surge milker from, just telling him what was going on. And he's a longtime farmer, cow farmer. And what he said is, I've never regretted going in too early, but I've had regretted going in too late. So that kind of helped us make the decision, like, let's help Luna get this calf out. Yeah, and whether or not she ever would have done it on her own, everything was great. Pulling the calf helped her for sure. And we have healthy healthy calves out there now about to calve on their own, which is... Full circle. Full circle. So the calf was out. We cleaned her off, made sure the nose was clear, and made sure that the mother was going to be okay because there's so many hormones going on. She may be aggressive towards you or towards the calf. Uh, Luna was okay with the calf, but she didn't want to let her nurse. So we did have to, if I recall, tie her up and get get everyone used to this sensation. Yeah, and you saw in the video that we played earlier, Luna... She was aggressive with Ladybug, with Honeybee. Yeah, Luna yeah. was very confused with Ladybug's calf. With honeybee. Ladybug's calf, Honeybee. Yeah. She because she was like mommy mooing. She couldn't figure out what was going on. She was feeling hormones because she was pregnant too. So she couldn't figure out if that was her calf or Ladybug's calf, and she was a mess. <laughs> so that is a good thing to remember. Just in the the moments leading up to and right after that calving, there's a lot of hormones involved in the animal. Your gentle nice jersey mama could turn aggressive to you yeah throw you against the wall yeah, so be so careful always make sure you're thinking about where you are if you can get out where's your escape what can get in between you just you know keep that in the back of your mind don't have fear to don't be too afraid in the situation but just cool heads think about an escape yeah. plan and be ready for things to change quickly the calf should stand up pretty soon and start finding that udder. Make yeah. sure they get the colostrum the first few hours, huh? Now, after your cow calves, you wanna, about 12 hours after that, that calving, do your first milking. You do, if it's a dairy cow, you do need to milk right, a, right away. So if your cow calves in the a.m., milk in the p.m. If she calves in the p.m., milk in the a.m. Obviously, you've been looking forward to this milking experience. So by now you have either your hand milking equipment or your pump, your electric milking stuff, uh, or mechanical, machine. That's your machine right. milking. Yeah, you got your hands or your machine. Yeah. Um, we're, we, over the next month, are going to be getting into milking again, and we're going to be doing this. So watch the YouTube channel we're if you're listening. We're going to be doing the- this. We are. <laughs> We're super excited for this. We sure are. Um, uh, and there'll be great videos because it's going. you're going to see someone who's never done it before from the beginning and kind of experience that journey with him. <laughs> Maybe learn a thing or two. I think I should go to a daily vlog after at least for a week or two when that calving happens. 
Yeah. We might, maybe just a week we'll or see. two. Let us know in the comments if you're interested. We'll see what we can do. Um, it's going to be an experience. And, right, the decisions, you hopefully have made these tentative decisions before your cow calved. Uh, do you want a hand milk? Then you need your bucket, your filters, something we like to put over the bucket. Uh, I've learned to use gloves. That prevents me from giving anything to my cow. There, there are a lot of occasions where people have given staff aid to their cows, and that's a really hard thing to fight in your cow. So that's why we wear gloves. Yeah, we get that question a lot. Mm -hmm. um, we use a little teat dip. Yep, teat dip, and uh, because we have the calf on them, we put the calf right on her, and they go out to the field, spend the day together. And when we're milking, we have a little salve. We have used, we've gra uh, gradually gone to like a natural salve, something kind of more... Yeah, I would make it from... Uh, our pig lard. Yeah, we didn't want to use like petroleum-based stuff. You know, we it's just... It's okay, yeah. You'll find, kind of find your groove with all this The stuff. thing you will pay attention to, though, is the smell of that salve. Could get into get your into milk. milk. So don't, you know, you might have like this, oh, I have this great salve Nothing that my friend with scented. goats makes, and it smells like goats. lemon balm, <laughs> and now your milk's like lemon milk, which... Maybe you like. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, be careful with scented things. The milk will absorb those flavors. Yeah. So that's that's maybe your tentative plan to to milk by hand. Yeah. Then your cow freshens and she's got teats that are like an, half an inch long with small orifices and it takes you two hours to milk her out. It's not it's not going to work. <laughs> you may need to think about getting yourself a machine milker. Now the nice thing is you do have this calf. If you get into a jam, the calf obviously. Yeah, you can help get some of the pressure off, but don't rely on the calf in the first month because they won't be able to keep up. And we'd like her to keep her supply up for us. Right. So we don't want her to drop her supply down just to feed the calf. Again, one of the reasons it would be nice to start with a cow that's already done this, already been through this, is you could learn, is this cow good for hand milking or not? Cause Hope, if, yeah, hopefully if the, you're surprised, whoever had her before you would tell you that. Yeah, if you're surprised by a Luna who... By a Luna. <laughs> it was worse than a goat. Milking a pigeon. We <laughs> <laughs> can market that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was awful. It was just really so. We had fortunately we were ready with the machine milker for Luna and we awesome. Yeah, first we took each a side. Remember to do it by hand. You know, we were on one side, yeah. I was on the other. We have a video of that the kids can pull that up of us both milking either side. Because I was like, come on, we can keep doing hand milking. You're like, okay, you join me. <laughs> Yeah, you want to do this by hand? No. Yep, there we are. We don't look very happy. All our that's just strip milking, which is. Uh, yeah, your hands get pretty sore after that. Strip milking is the worst. So, just keep in, in the back of your mind. Do a little bit of research before your cow calves and think, maybe I'll need to get a machine milker. I'll just see what uh, what is out there, what would work up in my setup, just in case. You don't want to run to Amazon after your cow calves to be desperate and throw a couple hundred dollars away. So many people have, have bad results with the cheaper machine milkers. We went the route of getting a used... Yeah, we got two used systems. Two used One systems. off of Craigslist and one from a, a friend of ours on the Family Cow Forum. So there's the Surge... Surge Belly Milker. Belly Milker, Belly Style Milker. And then there's the... So there's the Surge. If you're watching the YouTube video, you can see examples of this. Yeah, it goes under the cow and uh, you can either strap it onto the cow. My cows are short enough, though, I can just rest it under them and they reach. <laughs> <laughs> or there's a bucket milker that you put the inflations on the udder and the hoses take the milk into a bucket that can sit beside off the stanchion. Both of ours run off of a 
electric pump. A pump, electric pump. So we have it in a different room. You can find diesel powered ones. Yes. And uh, whatever your setup is, try to keep your pump away from you because they can be loud. Yeah. So some of the cons is first off, it's mechanical. If you're like me and you're not great with mechanical stuff. If you're like stuff, us. We, we called in the father. Maybe you have a, a mechanically minded family member who can help you with it. Yeah. I did rebuild my surge milker. You did. That was and very that, Well, impressive. there are some really great instructions online on yeah. how to do that because that's a milker that's affordable. There's a lot of them out there. So Craigslist would be an easy place to look to find one. And like the parts last forever. Like yeah, the, and they're the still the making piece. the parts for it. Yeah. yeah. So They're easy to clean. You know, if you buy a brand new, good quality milking machine, it's thousands of dollars. Yeah, probably two thousand dollars. Yeah, which so it's an investment. It's worth it, especially if you're using it every day, twice a day. You'll really appreciate having one that really works. That's not going to harm your cow's udder. One that's going to be easy for you to clean and take care of as well. You know, I feel like if you're this might scare people away, and I feel like if you're brand new and you've got this dream in your mind of this me. beautiful... <laughs> it <was> me. <laughs> I'm talking about you. If you would have told me right away, okay, and then you're going to need a machine, yeah. I'd have been like, no. what? Hold I up. I just want to go out there. I want it to be quiet. Like, Birds chirping. Milk streaming. That's all I wanted. Streaming. Milk streaming. <laughs> Birds chirping. I would just... And it would come out. There is a... Uh, there's a learning curve to hand milking. Yeah. As much as there is one to machine milking. Yeah, unfortunately, you so started with ways, a very well-trained cow. Who still kicked over the bucket a time or two. Yeah, imagine, like, you got this this image in your mind, and then mm -hmm. you go out there, and you're like, ah, oh, this is going to be... Ow, that really hurt. <laughs> oh, there goes all my milk. Oh. All your milk, yeah. So it can be frustrating. But if you at least know, if you get a cow that you are assured is going to be a good hand milker, large teats, large orifices, more milk, but not, like, tons of milk... Because, um, yeah, 12 gallons is hard to milk out by You hand. can power through it, maybe have, make it a, if you have a But partner. I think that's an important thing about milking. Even more so than getting a cow has its own, it's learning curve, but not as, it's not as much of a learning curve as I think milking is if you've never done it. There's a lot to learn, a technique on either side of whichever way you choose. And you'll get frustrated for sure. Oh, yeah. So be prepared for that frustration. <laughs> There's a reason why we have zero videos called Mini Jersey Milked for the First Time. Oh, you will. Because I can't take it. Days. Oh, I yeah, I it's too much. I cannot take him standing there with a the video camera while I'm like at my wit's end just trying to get a little milk into a bucket. <laughs> <laughs> we, but come Ladybug, August. It was Ladybug calved. And then the next video was a week later. <laughs> One weekend, what do we think of milking a cow? Because that was not allowed. No, he was not no. allowed in the barn. No, no, nope. you did with Luna. It, I had my own, imagine the apprehension, the anxiety of like the first milking. And maybe you've experienced this. You're like, but just in general, it's already there. Can you do that again, there. babe? Can you, can you go back and restart so, that milking? So I'm like, okay, keep myself calm. So she stays calm. There's so, so much already anxiety with the whole thing that, yeah, I could not add a camera to that. Or me. Because the Austin. cows have never been super comfortable with me, especially in the early days. They've gotten better over time, and I've gotten better. But, yeah, like Ladybug at first, he didn't like me. So The last thing I yeah. needed was Austin in the barn. But it's all going to change. 
Kay's like, you're going to film so, yourself. So I'm actually, it. I'm saying this, this for great. Austin. Be prepared to be frustrated and oh. mad and want to kick something. And not just the milk bucket. <laughs> we had actually come up with a theory that the term kicked the bucket, <laughs> being a euphemism for death, came from people hand milking a cow that kicked the bucket too, one too many times. And people be like, what happened to your cow, Daisy? She kicked the bucket. <laughs> this is not true. It's not where it came from. Not where it, it came from, awesome. but it works. It totally works. So, Yeah. Your first milking, whatever you get in that bucket, it's going to be very yellow. That's the colostrum. Some people drink it. You don't have to. Don't throw it away. Freeze it. Yeah, we save it for calves in case there's ever an yeah, issue. Yeah, newborn piglets, goats. There's yeah. lots of things out there who will benefit from it's it. Or important. a calf yeah, who hasn't gotten enough colostrum the next calving season. You're not going to get a ton of milk if it's your first time. You're going to have problems and stuff. Our mini jerseys. What do we get from our mini, mini jerseys? We calf share. Luna, probably two gallons a day. We don't get two gallons a day. Yeah, at her peak. I mean, calf and us? At peak, yeah, when peak. she first All freshens. Right. Nice. Uh, and then it, it tapers down, especially so because... two gallons a day is what we take home inside. Yeah, at and, first. Okay. And then the calf gets additional. And the calf's getting more, correct. All right, there we go. Yeah, so, so. no, we've never... <laughs> And do you want to talk about calf sharing versus not calf sharing now? Yeah. You know, this is another thing with a lot of pros and cons. We do calf share. This yeah, is you'll a question notice we get all the time. How as, do you have a life? As we go through this, AI versus bull. Pros, pros and, cons. and cons. Machine milking versus bucket. Pros, pros and, and cons. cons. Here we are, calf sharing versus bottle feeding. Pros, pros and, and cons. cons. And we change and people change. Yes. If anyone tells you, no, you have to do it this way. Uh, it's not true. No. But you, try one way. Yeah. If you don't like it, do the other way the next time. Calf sharing is great because if you want to have a life, if you want to sleep in <laughs> Sunday morning, if you want to... Once the calf starts being able to drink the milk right. and keep up with the milk production, you can leave calf on the mom and you don't have to milk every day. You could... Go away for a funeral if you need to. Take right. a weekend off. Oh, what a sad reason. Only but that's like such a necessary a thing. That a true. lot of people who say like, ah, I don't really need a vacation, but, but emergencies funerals. happen. Or a hospital stay. Yes, that's better. Emergencies is happen. Is that better? I don't know. Yes. Somebody emergencies happen. The point is... Cash sharing can help can you help in that you. case. However, the cons, you're not going to get all that cream. The calf gets that Big cream. Big con. Yep. Uh... It's a rodeo every morning to get the letdown to happen. You got to drag that calf <laughs> in and then morning. let the letdown and drag <laughs> that calf away. So there are a lot of pros and cons. And we'll, we have videos about this. Again, we're going to cover a we're lot gonna of go, this. We're going to experience and it all. Podcast again. listeners want a more in-depth milking and training. That'll come after Grasshopper. After Austin does it because he'll have, have like experience. fresh Sage eyes advice. on the whole thing. <laughs> oh, man, you'll be unbearable. You know, babe, like, babe, when I what, I, what I would suggest. You know, they really respond better if you... Can I, uh, mind if I just, uh, here, let me cut in. You no, know, they're not used to you with them. No, you don't have a mustache, so <laughs> I sing to them. He'll be unbearable. <laughs> it's so true. Mm -hmm. uh, bottle feeding, your calf will become very friendly, which is good for some people. You will have to clean bottles, have to be out in the barn more feeding your calf. But for some people, they say it's their favorite time to be in the barn is feeding a calf. So, something to consider. When you get your milk, we like to test our milk. We like to drink milk raw. 
Um, we, we don't always drink milk raw. I don't always drink raw milk, but when I do, I prefer our own cow's raw milk. And we do test. The mustache so after, really sold that. After they freshen. After they freshen, we do disease testing to make sure, as we've already <laughs> You rushed through that what? joke way too much. That was a good one. That's it was not. Good. It's about the mustache again. Anyways. Um, disease yeah. test. Disease test. I know. I know people have grown up on raw milk, and they've never been sick a day in their life. <sighs> Just disease test. It's not going to hurt anything. It won't hurt to know, hey, my calf's totally healthy. But if you do find out, oh, my calf has early stages of yonis, we've been there. Do I want it? Do I want my family to be drinking that milk yeah. when there are some people saying that yonis can be uh, become Crohn's disease in humans? Yeah, I, so, I don't want to risk it. Easy to test, easy to find some answers, and if you decide you want to pasteurize your milk, that's also doable at home too. So. This episode's not about that. You can do both. We like raw milk as long as it's safe and we know it's safe. We've also pasteurized our own milk and it's great too. Yep. We do want to cover some questions before we end today. We managed to get that entire (laughs) outline in in an hour, but not the questions, but we will take a few minutes for questions here. We got a a lot of them. And yeah, Austin was really pushing. He wanted to do a third part on this on just the milk, but I... I'm confident we will go into that within the next month since we'll have a cow and we'll have the videos and new experiences to share with everybody about that. So some of these are from last week. Ian wants to know, how do I keep a cow producing milk longer? By milking. Just keep milking her. Some cows will dry themselves up naturally once the calves and some are, will just, are persistent milkers. They'll keep milking for years. This is a cool question. Sasha wants to know, how long did it take your hands to get used to milking and any lasting side effects from hand milking? Good question. And some people will have lasting side effects. Yeah, they have an amazingly awesome manly (laughs) handshake. You go to make a deal with them, they're like, I'm going to crush you. Oh, we do know a farmer like that. There's a farmer that I was always like. He breeds um, (gasps) them. Oh, yeah. Oh, what are they called? It starts with an R. They got the horns. Yeah, beautiful. Randall. Randall cattle. Yeah, and he milks them, and his hands are... Phil Lang. He is formidable. He's a legend. Formidable. We've got some livestock from him in the past. His handshake, it's like shaking a brick. <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> I. It took me probably a couple weeks, maybe up to a month to get feel good. And still, by the end, especially when you go to do the strip milking at the end, they would get sore. We'll see. And T, uh, TMJ, no, that's the jaw one. Yeah. Carpal tunnel. Some people have had issues with carpal tunnel issues uh, that makes them want a bucket milk with a bucket milker. Machine milk. It's an option. Oh, n- and never discount it because it is nice. I actually haven't decided what you're going to do. Grasshopper, if I'm going to do machine or hand. Uh, it really will come down to one week Is later. she a nice hand milking cow or is she. A pigeon. And we're working on breeding better teats into, because Ladybug had nice front teats. We're working on breeding uh, better teats for hand milking into our cows. We'll see how it's going. White Oak Brahmas. Since y'all are going to breed your own calves now with your bull, are y'all going to brand or tattoo your cattle? I believe it's a tattoo that the the, uh, AJCA or the... Jersey people kind of do and we do have uh, ear tags for them mini jerseys 
I don't know if people are, are branding or tattooing their mini jerseys. So We'll look into it. Yeah. Oh, another follow-up. Have you thought about doing sexed embryos or sexed semen? We have a friend of ours mm -hmm. who just did embryos, sexed embryos, and it was pretty successful, but it is very expensive. Yeah. The same thing with the sexed semen. I have not, because as it is, uh, breeding Luna right now has been difficult. I didn't want to add the complication of the sexed semen to it, since there's a lower chance of conception with it. So, not yet, maybe someday. Mm, okay, uh, Monique had a question about giving the shots. We talked about uh, in the video, someone who's pregnant can't give the hormone shots because it can cause issues uh, if there's no plan to get pregnant. So someone of age... You should be okay to give it. If you're not pregnant, it... You know, if it gets on you, it could mess up oh, your man, cycle. Not... But if it's not an issue, our vet does it. She's a woman. She just wears gloves. And, I, I, and I've done it in the years past when I haven't been pregnant. It doesn't... Yeah, just exercise caution. Okay, I wouldn't say that, but. But. I mean, if that's all you have, right? If if, if it's you just have to, if it's just Monique, then and she has to do it, then it it would be fine for you to do it. Okay. Um, how many months do you breed her after giving birth? That's a good follow up to it. Uh, my goal is a couple, so even three months is my goal. We have never successfully done that because we were moving, and then we were trying to switch our calving schedule few years ago and <laughs> I wreaked havoc on everyone <laughs> but ideally a few months LOTR guessing that's Lord of the Rings 2131 wants to know um, how do you know if your cow is in heat some cows will be very obvious this about is, it yeah um, even if it's a single cow they'll be out pacing the fence line calling for other cows bellowing maybe a little discharge, and two days later, you'll see a bleed off. If they're with other cows, you'll see them mounting the cows. You'll see them standing to be mounted by the cows. That's how you know when they're in heat. Uh, Monique wants to know, do you separate the calf at night when there's no planned sleep-in? Yes. We separate at night. Uh, to milk in the morning. Yeah, we like that. When we're calf sharing, we like the rhythm of separate at night. And milk in the milk morning. Milk in the morning. Because you can do it the other way. but Yeah, but the calf sleeps all night, so it's not really stressful at all. And usually we'll try to put them on a shared fence line. Usually, yeah. Yeah, so if it's possible to have Kathy and Mama close by without getting to Getting each any other. milk. Yeah, through the fence. Oh, they do it. They can do it. <laughs> Those little tongues. And um, we talked about Bridget's question, can you be certain, how can you be certain buying a cow from someone that it's a healthy cow, bloodline is okay, et cetera? I think we covered that a lot in Yeah, do, your, do your testing. Have them and see what, look at the farm. What does it look like? Are they separating calves? What's their yonis protocol? Uh, and as far as bloodlines, eh, look, look into bloodlines. There are some bloodlines who are known to be hard breeders, rebreeders or throw a large cow, have a problem calving. There's a lot of stats out there, especially with your purebred cattle. So there's, and always do your testing. If a, if a seller doesn't want to do any disease testing, you just don't buy it. it. Yep. If, or, if, right. or, yeah, say, yeah. hey, I'll pay for it. And if they say, no, I'm not, just walk away. Yeah, it's There's not plenty worth it. of people out there who will say, sure, test my cows, yep. I know they're good. 
If uh, you love cows and you want to show the world how much you love cows, the brand new Homesteady beautiful cow shirt got our, our girl ladybug on there. Uh, if you want to find it at our website, click up at the menu, click shop, and head over to clothing. You can see the beautiful new Homesteady t-shirt. That is ladybug. That's a... Uh, um, uh... A drawing we had done of Ladybug. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful Ladybug's face on the cover. Pick your favorite color t-shirt. We haven't even got one yet. It's brand new. We just finished up. Yeah, I'm ready for mine. I, I got the green shirt on, but I need Ladybug on the front. So we're going to be ordering some of these. And maybe we'll add that to our uh, big 200,000 celebration giveaway. Maybe we'll give away a Homesteady tea. Because that's coming coming pretty soon, We're right? racing. We're racing to the finish line. Trying to see if we can beat Instagram to 10,000. YouTube to 200,000. Yeah. So if you want to help us get there, share the channel, let your friends know about your one of your favorite YouTube homesteading channels. We don't have to be a favorite. We can be one of the top. <laughs> we answered all the questions. Yes, I think we did. Help a lot of people figure out what they want to do with hand milking and breeding and all that. It's really exciting. We've seen a lot of comments in these last couple of videos of people who've been inspired by you and Ladybug to go out and get family milk cows and have been enjoying that whole journey and are, have calves ups, coming Ups soon. and downs. Enjoy the ups and the downs, yeah, I guess. You get Enjoy both. the ride. Yeah, it's definitely, and you'll, in a month's time, get ready. You'll get to enjoy another, the calf that I pulled that I said was my favorite. We'll see. When you start milking Coming her. soon. <laughs> How that all goes. So thanks for joining us for this show. This is going to be our last live podcast for a few weeks. We've got uh, visitors, yeah. some summer visitors coming. Yep. So we got. Uh, we're going to take a little summer break. Get on our email list. Link below. Austin's we'll let you know. Grandma is coming in for a farm visit. This is so I'm so sure exciting. we'll put that on a video. She's never seen the family farm, and she's like a gardener and loves farms and loves animals and growing stuff. And she's gonna come and visit. So we're gonna we're gonna actually take time off and enjoy time with Grandma. And uh, but we'll be back. Join the email list. We'll let you know when we're back to doing our live show. It won't be too long. Here, let's do this last one. A seven-year-old daughter, Layla, wants to ask, "How do you train the cow to not kick while milking?" Ooh. Layla, that's a super good question. I think we were going to cover it. We just breezed past it. And are there ways to train the cow not to poop or pee while milking? Great question. We feed after they're done eating, so that teaches them to be patient while they're on the milk stand. I tried feeding while we were milking, but that was just a race to them eating fast, me milking fast, them finishing first and thinking they could get more food. So with Luna, we waited until she was done being milked, and then I fed her. So she stood really good for the whole milking, knowing that soon she would be getting her food. I do that with my kids, too, sometimes. <laughs> so Patience. That might make me wait for my dinner <laughs> Patience. <laughs> And as far as pooping or peeing, if you kind of have them in a holding area first, they can get all of that out. Um, at first, when all the hormones are raging, there's not much we've been able to do to stop it. I will uh, stick a bucket on If I see a tail lifting, I'll grab a bucket and stick it under there, under their butt. And they don't like that. So usually they'll stop. And they'll learn then, like, okay, I shouldn't be doing this. The first few days can be kind of messy. Usually you'll tell them, hey, knock it off. Mm -hmm, and they know. But yeah. if that tail lifts, just grab that bucket. <laughs> She's like a, a Jedi. You, you have to be. Yeah, you're like, Ch -ch 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 bucket. <laughs> and then they stop. Sometimes. It's going to be fun. So good question, Layla. I'm getting excited here. 
If nothing else, it'll make for good content. Yes, it will. <laughs> so thank you everybody for watching. And we'll see you in a couple weeks.